0: Well, I want, to, I want to start off with a story this morning. There was a, a guy in Vietnam, and he was at war. And uh, he was in a foxhole, and one of his soldier partners was walking ahead of him, and he was walking right towards a landmine. And as he began to get close to this landmine, the soldier that was in the foxhole came out of the foxhole, looked over at, at him and screamed. He came up out of the foxhole and exposed himself and screamed to his soldier, friend and said watch out there's a landmine and as he was shouting that out to that man to save him from going into that landmine he was shot and killed coming out of that landmine so years went on and that man died telling the other man about the landmine and the other man lived about seven or eight years later there was a memorial service for the man who had died and the man's son and wife were at the memorial service and so the soldier found out that the wife and son were there, and he ran up to them, and he said, I, I, I want to I meet you, I want to talk to you, I want to thank you for saving, uh, for your, for, for, to tell you, sorry, that my, your dad saved my life. And he said, if it wasn't for your dad, I would not be here. And so as he's saying this, the, the young boy was about seven or eight years old. Tears began to run down his face. And he said to that man, Were you worth it? Think about that for a second. As tears ran down his eyes, he said, Were you worth it? And he's wondering if if the, the man's life that he was living was worth his dad giving his life for. And I want to ask you the question this morning, are you living a life that is worth Jesus dying for? Amen. I want you to think about that this morning. Are you living a life that is worth Jesus dying for? Now, I know this might not be the greatest hallelujah, shout amen message because this, that start right there. I'm that way and I'm thinking about this. I'm saying, God, am I living a life that is worthy of your death? How many know we need to stop and think about that a little more often? Amen. If you think about it, is what you're living for every day is how you're living worth the blood of Jesus Christ. We're not saved this morning. We got to get an understanding that we're not saved so we can be a trophy on God's shelf. We're not some polished thing that God puts up on a shelf and says, I saved him. That's not why we get saved. And and the problem is with the church nowadays is that's kind of our mentality is that I'm, I'm God's trophy. But how many know that God did not save you just to save you? He saved you so you would save somebody else. The gospel is about telling somebody else about what Jesus has done for you. And listen, if you are keeping the gospel to yourself... If you're not sharing your faith with other people, if you're not living a life worthy of his death this morning, then I tell you he died in vain. I don't want to make Jesus die in vain for me this morning. I I know and understand for myself, and I have this and I'm preaching this and this is coming for me, but I hope it transcends to somebody else. I hope somebody else grabs it and makes it personal to themselves because I want to understand I've been saved for a purpose. And my purpose is to fulfill why I was saved. Amen. Amen. We do understand that Jesus would have died for one person. If everybody else in the world was gone this morning and you were the only human being on the face of the earth, Jesus would have came down and died for you. Amen. Amen. But how many know we're not the only people on the earth? Although we think that sometimes. Amen. I know every person in here, if you're honest, could struggle or has struggled or will struggle with being S-E-L-F-I-S-H. Yeah. Selfish. Some of y'all are still trying to compute that, right? <laughs> Amen. How many, how many would admit this morning that you have been, or were, or will be again, selfish? Yeah. And all that didn't raise their hands are liars and selfish people. <laughs> Amen. I've been called to fulfill a call of God, and my purpose, listen, is to, 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 to tell others, and if I don't, it's really my only reasonable reaction to what jesus did for me it's my only reasonable reaction is that i would give my life for somebody else so i have an obligation and a debt this morning and a liability to the one who laid down his life for me would you look at philippians chapter 2 and as you're opening up that book i want to tell you colossians 1 10 says he says that you may walk worthy of the lord fully pleasing him And being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. I want to read that again. This this is what God says to us that he wants from us. Amen. He says, I want you to walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him and being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, if you look at the definition of worth, we're going to look at Philippians in just a second. I want, to, I want to tell you what the definition of worth is, and this is really going to bring things into perspective. It says it's the value equivalent to that of someone or something under consideration. The value of, or equivalent of someone or something under consideration. So, uh, worth would be... Here's the problem. If I say, if my, if, am I worth... Am I living a life worth Jesus's death? That depends on where I put Jesus's death in value. If I if and and that's something I do personally, I by the way I live. I'm saying with my life, not just my words, because talks cheap. I'm saying with my life every day that I live, I am placing a value and a worth on Jesus's death. That's a sobering thought. That would make me, I hope, and make you, I hope, daily understand why Paul said, I die daily. Because he says, I don't want to live a life that brings down the value or the worth of what Jesus did for me on that cross. I want to try my very best to live a life that is worth him dying for. Amen. Amen. And that's why I tell you that story about that young boy, because you may, you know, there may be some people in here who have lost a father, lost a mother, lost a loved one, people who have heard about war stories and all these different things. How do you explain to a seven or eight year old boy that this man is here because your, your dad is not here because he's here? How does a seven or eight year old boy understand that? But what words of wisdom and understanding for that man, that boy, as he thought about it, because I'm sure there was a lot of lead up to that. The mom's probably saying, son, we're going to go meet this guy. Your dad saved his life. You know, she's excited about that. She's understood that her, her son, is her husband is no longer there. So who knows how long in advance she's working up to this and saying, son, we're going to go meet the man who saved your father. The man whose, your father saved his life. And he keeps saying this, and this boy is trying to fathom and understand what that means. We can't really serve God if we don't really understand what he's done for us. We don't really understand the value or the worth of what he did for us. We're not going to serve him in the right way. And that's why we need a revelation sometimes. And we need to ask ourselves the question, am I I living a life that is worth Jesus dying for? Amen. Amen. And so that boy gets there and he's thinking, man, my dad's not been around and I don't have a dad and I see pictures. And now he sees the person alive and probably thinks, man, I sure wish that was my dad that was alive and he was dead. He's probably all kinds of things going through his mind. And he tears in his eyes, asks that powerful question. I don't know what the response was. Probably wasn't one. Were you worth it? Were you worth it? I believe that God would ask that question to us. Not not in the sense of that he he would do it for us, but he's, he's asking, will you please live a life worthy of the gift that I've sent to you? Would you please live a life worthy of the gift that I've sent to you? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, his only son, he gave the best so that we could be saved. And, and you know what, if people mock and deny and reject, that's one thing. But God forbid, let me say that again, God forbid that we would be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Spirit and not have a revelation of what Jesus did for us and not live a life holy enough to want to be pleasing to God, amen? There's got to be a time when we sometimes sober up in our walk. This is, you know why I'm preaching this this morning? Because something happens around November and December spiritually. It does. I don't know if you've noticed it in your life. It, it, we are a people who work off of time and work off of, uh, of numbers, and you might not really realize it, but when New Year starts and January 1st starts, you have this mentality it is a new year, it's a fresh beginning. Although it's just the same day as it was the day before, and it's just a number, there's something in our minds that say, man, and what happens is we, st- we start off and we go, I'm going to the gym, I'm going to eat right, I'm going to do right, I'm going to please God, I'm going to do this, and we make these lists and all these things, and by about March or April, we're doing one out of ten. Amen? Summer comes around and we begin to middle and middle and middle a little bit with it again. By the time we get to October, November, December, everything we know we're supposed to be doing, physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, we begin to say, well, I'll just start this back over in January again. We begin to loosen the belt. Everybody's belts get loosened a little bit. Amen? Come on. Am I talking to anybody? And we do that with food because all this stuff starts coming around. I'm not going to lie, I love thanksgiving i love christmas i love the holidays i love amen when somebody gives me candy or chocolate or cakes i can't say my wife likes it as much amen i love it i love to eat it but i know i'm putting myself in some serious trouble i'm letting my discipline go but i see that happen spiritually too we begin to get around this time of the year and even though we're coming around to what we celebrate is the time of the year of our savior's birth and and we should have more reflection we get into this vacation mode spiritually and we get to where we're not really taking serious our walk how many know that if you're really a warrior for the king of kingdom of god there are no days off there are no days off there are no vacations amen The, the devil's not resting He's he's fighting just as hard or harder right now as he has all year. And listen, if we're not careful, we'll lose this battle as we begin to finish the year. We'll lose everything we've worked for up till now. Because we've loosened the belt. We've got, well, we'll just start it over in January. Listen, devil's not playing around. Amen? Another thing is, under the definition of worth, is good or important enough to justify. Good or important enough to justify. Now, if I listen to that definition, my life is not worth, <laughs> is not worth Jesus' death. I'm just going to put myself on blast. My life is not worth it. It's not. If I'm looking at the definition that says the value equivalent to that of someone or something under consideration, I'm, I'm not worth it. I should, I'm just being honest. I'm not worth it. I, I cannot live. A life good enough to be worth what Jesus did for me. I'll never know how much it cost to see my sins upon that. I'll never know. I'll never understand. Amen? Let's look at Philippians chapter 2 and see what Jesus did with that. He says in verse 5, Philippians 2, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. of the cross amen how many see some humility here where God has every reason to not be humble God humbles himself therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name that the name of Jesus at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord To the glory of God the Father. Father, for the next couple minutes, anoint your word, anoint our ears, arrest our minds, paralyze us spiritually so we don't move around or be thinking about anything else. God, give us a revelation of your word. Show us something with this this morning. Bring perspective to my spirit, God, on where I am and who you are and what I need to and should and can do for you, Father. And I thank you for these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Paul says in Acts 20, 24, but none of these things move me. You got to get to a place in your life where God is absolutely number one. All the time. 24 days, sorry, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Every day, all day, no vacation, no time off, no time where God is not number one. He's number one all the time. And we need to remember what he did for us. We need to remember that every day that I am alive is because he died. Amen. Amen. Every day that that man was alive is because his, that man died for him. That's right. Amen. Every day. Every day that we live. The Bible says in him we have. We breathe and live and have our being in him. Amen. And the Bible says in Psalms, let every thing that hath breath. Praise the Lord. Amen. We've got to get to a place where, listen, this is not something I do because I'm supposed to do it. I do this because a man died for me. A man gave his life for me. A man sacrificed everything for me. I'm not going to go through any day without saying, God, let my life be a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto you. I'm not going to take a day off to fulfill my flesh or the lust of my flesh. I'm not going to say, well, I'll get back into it again in January, God, because I know that every day that I live is because He died. Because He died. These things don't move me, Paul said, nor do I count my life dear to myself. How many how many love the life of Paul? The Apostle Paul, who was Saul. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He's a mighty man of God. He he wrote most of the word in chains, in the prison, in, in dark places. But he says, These things don't move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. See, that man at that in, in the Vietnam War. He didn't think before he acted. When we, here, listen to this, catch this. He stood up and saw that brother going towards the landmine and said, if I don't say something, he's going to die. He did not stop to think. Somebody get this, pay attention. He did not stop and think first. If I stand up to tell that man he's going to a landmine, I might die. Because if he'd have stopped and thought about it, he would have not done it. Too many times we analyze things with God. God says go, God says do, God says say, God says give, God says come, God says love, God says forgive, God says do all these things, and we need to obediently say, yes, God, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, yes, I got it, I'll do it. If you stop and think about it, you're going to talk yourself out of the will of God. You're going to talk yourself out of doing what God wants you to do. I, I, I was telling someone the other day, and I shared with you before, and when I look back at the crazy places I took my family in Costa Rica, I would not do it again. I'm serious. I was talking to this guy the other day and telling him some of the places we go to, and as I think back, I thank God I didn't think it through. Think about that. How much more would you do for God if you would stop counting the cost so much? If you'd stop worrying about the risk so much? Listen, if God tells you to do something, he says, if, if I ask you to do something, I'll go with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Amen. I'm not going to ask you to do something I won't go with you to do. The church is not mobilizing like it needs to mobilize because we're asking too many questions. Why, God, or should I, God, or how would I, God? You don't need the why, should, or how with God. You need the yes. And when you say yes, God comes behind and gives you everything you need. Amen. Are you living a life worth Jesus' death this morning? Well, I'm saved. Well, good for you. Amen. How about somebody else getting saved? Through you. How many want your life to mean something this morning? I don't want to just be saved. I want to save others. No greater love has a man that he lays down his own life for the brethren. He says, I don't count anything dear to myself so that I may finish. Let me just smile real quick. I don't want you to think I'm mad at you. I'm just passionate about this. I'm just serious about God. I'm just serious about when I think and and I said, God, help me not cry. When I think about what Jesus did for me how can I not take it serious when I think about that man who was perfect he came and died for me he gave his life for me thanks God you didn't help me very much on that shouldn't have asked I guess God what am I doing for you Am I just going through another day? Am I just living to suck up oxygen? Or am I doing something worth what you did for me? Yes, Jesus is happy that you accepted him. Of course he is. But that's selfish if you keep it to yourself. And you should be that Christian that says, well, I'm just going to work on my own self. And I'm just going to make sure I get to heaven. That's good. But that's not enough. That's not enough. God didn't shed his blood for a few people. Jesus didn't die on the cross for a few people. He said that all would believe and come to everlasting life. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I know a whole lot of anyone's. I know a whole whole lot of everyone's that need Jesus. I don't want them to stay anyone's and everyone's. I I want them to have their name written in the book of life. Acts 9, 6 says, Paul said these words, Lord, as he had his conversion experience. Off the horse, he fell, lights in his face. He says, Lord, what do you want me to do? That's my question today. Yes, amen. That's my question. You might say, well, you're already a pastor. You've already been a missionary. Pastor Chris is starting a church in Garland. You've done this and you've done that. I count it all loss what I've done before today. Everything I've done is in the past. Amen. It doesn't mean anything. I'm I'm worried about today. What am I going to do for God today? What am I going to do for God tomorrow? What am I going to do for God in December? What am I going to do for God next year? Because it doesn't matter how I started if I don't finish. Can you say amen? Look at somebody and say, I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish. I'm not going to just be in the race. I'm going to finish. Jesus says to him, arise and go into the city, and you'll be told what to do. Now, I want to finish this morning with a thought. We think of Paul, and we think of all the lives Paul changed after he became Paul from Saul. We know he persecuted Christians. We know he did horrible things. We know he killed Christians. We know he mocked God. But he had that conversion experience. Watch this. But why did he have a conversion experience? Because there was an, unknown, it was an unknown soldier, just like that man in the Vietnam War, who gave his life after Jesus gave his life. And his name was Stephen. Sometimes we don't connect the dots that a man like Paul, who used to be Saul, how many are not the person you used to be anymore? How many have been given a new name this morning? There's the old, there's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine, oh yes it's mine, and the white robed angels sing the story, that a sinner has come home, there's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine, oh yes it's mine, with my sins forgiven, I am bound for heaven, nevermore to roam, you ever heard that Chris? That's a good one. I got, a, I got my name written down in glory. But I'm not happy with that. There needs to be a new name written down in glory today. And it's somebody that's here right now. Somebody in your neighborhood. Somebody in your workplace. They're waiting for a new name to get in there. I'm not satisfied. I'm not trying to make the trophy look good and polish it. Too many Christians are polishing their salvation. They're not doing anything for the kingdom of God. Listen, there's enough potential in this building right now to see the Metroplex saved for Jesus Christ. The entire Metroplex. Potential right here. Untapped potential. Stop analyzing. Stop asking. Stop saying, well, well I don't have this and I don't have that. Stephen got saved. The Bible says in, in Acts 7, he was a man full of the Holy Spirit. He was a young convert. We got two baby converts. We got two new converts here this morning. Amen. Chris and Kalandra's baby. Jason and Becky's. Brand new converts. Amen. Saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. He was a new convert. He wasn't very old in the Lord. Sometimes I say, well, I haven't been saved long enough. And sometimes people have been saved too long. Don't be saved too long. Well, you think you know it all. And I've been saved for 50 years. I've been saved for 10 years. Well, what are you doing? How many other people have gotten saved through your salvation? Amen. Amen. I'm not trying to be a trophy. I'm trying to be a seed in the ground. I'm trying to be a seed in the ground. And if I die, somebody else can live. Amen. So Stephen stands up and preaches the gospel powerfully to these lost people and doesn't pull any punches. If you want to see a sermon that doesn't want to get preached today in this generation, go read chapter eight of Acts. You'll see a sermon. Amen. Amen. But are y'all still with me? All right. Paul sees this man, Stephen, give his life and die. He gets stoned, if you haven't read the story. Stoned, right there. They begin to pick up stones and stone him because the message he's preaching is so strong. Stephen said, you know what? I'm not going to be a trophy. I'm going to give my life. He understood those words that Paul later made famous that he didn't get a chance to say. I, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives with me, and me in me. In Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, see, Stephen didn't just say it with his words. He said it with his actions. As they began to stone him, he looked up into heaven. I see Jesus. I see Jesus standing. I've said it before, it's one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible because we know that the Bible says that God is, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. But that day, Stephen began to preach. A young convert, nobody really knew who he was, but Jesus stood up for him. Amen? He stood up for Stephen as Stephen stood up for him. If you'll stand up for God, God will stand up for you. If you'll put your neck on the line, God will put his neck on the line for you. Amen? I've come to find out that I can lose a lot of things in this world. I can lose things. I can lose house. I can lose cars. I can lose money. I can lose face. I can lose a lot of stuff in this world. But if God is with me, who can be against me? If God be for me, who can be against me? I lay it all as loss for Jesus this morning. I lay it down. I say, God, I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. I've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Christ, Paul said in Acts twenty two twenty, 20, he didn't forget. Write that down in your notes. I'm not going to forget. There's another one. I'll never forget what you've done for me. See, we don't sing songs just to sing them. They mean something. They mean something. True worship's when we come in and sing those songs and we don't go, oh, man, here we go again. This song again. Oh, this ain't the song I wanted them to sing this morning. Jesus died so we could sing that song you don't like. Amen. It don't matter how good the song is, how good the words are. I think about Jesus when I think about Jesus and what he's done for me. When I think about my Jesus and how he set me free. Makes me want to pout, 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 pout. Oh, sorry, that's not the words. My bad. All night. All night. <laughs> That's not the words, is it? We change in words, though, don't we? See, I won't even pout. I won't even whine. I won't even cry. I won't even, dis- I won't even do none of that stuff when I remember what Jesus did for me. That's why we look at that cross. That's why we think about the old rugged cross. That's why we think about the blood that was shed because he died for me. Paul said, and when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by, consenting to his death, and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Here's 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 what this means, and I'm closing, I promise. Here's what this means. This is Acts 22, 20. Paul is remembering and recognizing. At that moment, I remember Stephen the martyr, your martyr, shedding his blood, standing there watching him. See, there's no Saul that turns into Paul if there's no Stephen. There's no you this morning if there wasn't somebody else who told you about Jesus. You've got to remember that. You, you, oh, you, you almost oh, thank God I'm saved. I thank God for all this stuff I have. You wouldn't be here if somebody hadn't been a Stephen for you. Somebody hadn't shed their tears, their blood, their life, and, and done what they did. Gone to the city you live in. Gone to the country you're from. Gone to the door you live Knocked on your door. Begged you. Bothered you. Messed with you. Talked to you. Asked you. Invited you. Got on your nerves. If it wasn't for them doing that, you wouldn't be here. Thank God you're here. Thank God somebody paid the price. Not Jesus paid the ultimate price, but somebody paid the price of what Jesus paid for you to be here. And if you was not for that person, you wouldn't be here. I'm forever indebted, forever to Jesus. But I'm also indebted to the evangelist who hit me between the eyes with a brick. Told me I was going to hell if I didn't change my life. I need that kind of preaching. I really, if you think about it, everybody does. You just won't admit it. We need to be hit between the eyes with a two-by-four. Tell us, you're wrong. You're going down a wrong path. Change. But Paul recognized his salvation came from Stephen's death. And here's the thing that God's really showing me, and I have to remind myself, because we are selfish, because we are human, and because we do automatically look for a pat on the back, For everything we do, we must remember that everything done unto the Lord, everything done unto the Lord is remembered. Everything you do in secret will be revealed in public. Now, a lot of times we think that that means here on earth. I've stopped worrying about what happens here on earth. I'm more worried about what's going to happen up there. Amen. Amen. I'm more worried about the crown I'm going to receive in heaven than the crown I'm going to receive here. I want to hear the words of my father, in or in, good and faithful servant. Amen? Those are the words I want to hear. But what we do, what we do is, is, Stephen died a death. Listen, he didn't really think about what he was doing. He just did what he was supposed to do. He didn't say, well, you know what, if I preach this message, I might not be here tomorrow. And if he probably would have thought it through, he probably wouldn't have said. How many have gotten that so far? Just do what God tells you to do. Every time he speaks, 99% of the time when God's telling you to do something, especially if it's going to further his kingdom, it's God. Yes, it's not your flesh. And then we sit back and we go, was well, that God? And then we start thinking about it and we go, no, that couldn't have been God because God wouldn't ask me to do that. God would. Yes, he would. If, let me tell you how you know if it's God. If it's something you can't do on your own. If it's something you don't have in your bank account. If it's something you don't have in your closet. If it's something you can't handle. If it's something you can't do, it's God. Just be sure. Because he's going to ask you to do something you cannot do. So he'll get the glory. Stephen says, I'm going to preach the gospel. I don't care what happens. He didn't think it through. And he gave his life. But he didn't know that his life was going to really mean something. Because the guy that was standing right there as he died, he did not know. See, we'll never know until we get to heaven. That alone is enough for me. That's what pushes me every day, honest to God. That's what pushes me every day to do what I do. Is that I know heaven will tell everything. And God sees your tears. God sees your time. God sees what you do if you're doing it the right reason. Don't do it to be seen by men. Don't do it for someone to pat you on the back. Do it because somebody died for you. Because somebody gave their life for you. And because you want to have an eternal reward that moth and rust and corruption cannot destroy. It's an eternal bank account. He didn't know that that man standing right there holding the clothes, mocking and laughing and making fun of him was going to get saved because of his death. That's the power of the gospel. I'm going to have to close. Musicians, you can come. That's the power of the gospel. You know what that means to me? That means that that person who's making fun of you at work might get saved. That person who's coming against you the most and mocking your faith the most could be the next Saul. Amen? Could be the next Mary Magdalene. Could be that next person who is really, really lost, but they're going to do a great and an awesome and a mighty thing for God. That one person, just that one person If you reach just one person that reaches another person, it's a domino effect. Do not be a trophy this morning. Do not polish your trophy this morning and say, well, I'm just so glad I'm saved. Don't do that. Make sure you do something this morning that is worthy of his blood this morning. Make sure you do something this morning that is worthy of his death. I ask you one more time this morning. Are you living a life? Worth Jesus dying for. And as I I pray this morning, I want to give you one last example of value and worth. If I offer a car for sale, pay attention to this, don't shut me off, this is important. If I offer a car for sale, I've got a car and I want to sell it. I think that car is worth $7,000. That's what I think it's worth. I'm going to take a lot of things into that consideration probably what I paid for it, what I want to get out of it what I need for another car all kinds of considerations going to come in and offers begin to come in as I put that car for seven thousand I I begin to get offers for that car some people put two thousand some people put five thousand everybody's offering what they believe is the value of that car some people put eight thousand but guess what the real value of that car is Whoever pays the highest price. That's the value of that car. Whatever some, have you ever, we we talked about that a few weeks or months ago when I talked about paintings. Who puts the value on a painting? Who makes a painting worth $50 million? Whoever pays that money. So value and worth is what somebody puts on it. Whoever pays the highest bid. You would never take the low ball offer. You would always take the highest bid. God was the highest bidder for your life. God was the highest bidder. And he paid the highest price. He gave himself. He gave his life. He said, and I started this off by saying I'm not worth it. I can tell you that right now. I'm not worth Jesus' death. Jesus said, yeah, you are. I give my life for you, you're worth it. And again, I can't say it enough. I'd do it again, Jesus said, I'd die for you, I'd come down for you. The craziest thing for me this morning is we're about to pray, is when I think about somebody who rejects God's love and rejects a free gift and rejects that life. People every day are passing into eternity, every day. I, don't, you know, I haven't looked at the stats lately how many thousands of people have died since we started this service gone into eternity how many people have rejected Jesus' blood his life said no I don't, I don't need that and I don't want it for those people he died in vain how many people today have died and, and Jesus died in vain for them not because his blood wasn't worth it not because his life wasn't worth it because they didn't value it And listen, don't think because you're in church and you've got a Bible in your hand and you're here this morning and you love God that you can't devalue his worth because we do it all the time. And that's the constant battle is that I would say, God, help me live a life worthy of your death. Help me walk worthy of your death. Help me talk worthy of your death. Help me love worthy of your death. And the gospel good news this morning is for anybody that's here, anybody that's here this morning and does not know Jesus, does not know where you'd spend eternity this morning. God said in his precious word that he loved you so much he came down and died for you. And if you'll just believe on him, you'll be saved. All you got to do is believe that Jesus died for you. That's it. I believe. Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. As you bow your heads this morning and close your eyes all over this place, how many here this morning, front to back and side to side, would say, I do not know Jesus. I've never accepted Him. I've never even heard of Him before today. I've never heard who Jesus is. Sounds crazy, that somebody would say that you you might go what are you talking about pastor we're in the United States Robert was telling me just last time we were out at a birthday party at the park he was talking to a Chinese man who had never heard of Jesus so get that out of your religious minds it makes you think everybody's already heard no they haven't and if they have heard maybe he's, he's been a cuss word that doesn't count have they heard The good news.